Hi, happy new year and welcome to a our first 2023 Oscar Central podcast. I'm Kinsey, the editor-in-chief of OscarCentral.com and I'm here with Nicole. How are you? I'm very good. I am super excited for a new year, to be honest. Me too. I, I'm not like one of those new year, new me people, but like maybe this is my my year guys maybe maybe this is it i'm a virgo so i love any sort of reset (laughs) so (laughs) you're like this is my time to shine literally (laughs) and we're also here with lex how are you i'm good um i too am not really a new year new me kind of girly but given how much of a shit show 2022 was for me um i'm making the statement that 2023 is going to be my year and I'm not meaning that in an any months in way I'm I'm actually gonna make it through to the end so. <laughs> the tie back to Eddie Munson is extraordinary like, I will like, never not take the tie back to Eddie Munson if given the chance I I love it it's it's so good it's so natural also and okay. we're also here with Ricky how are you I'm doing great I think I've done four podcasts in the last week about Babylon so I'm in a great mood this morning I did another one yesterday I'm just if I like anybody invites me it's just like an easy automatic yes even though I don't really like I've really screwed up my schedule last week because I haven't been working so it's like when I think that I scheduled I'm like oh god I'm supposed to do this in like 10 minutes so yeah but anytime to talk about Babylon's a good day so it's so funny the way you started that sentence. I was like, oh, he's going to say he's tired from talking about a three hour plus movie, but it went the opposite direction. And I love that. I just moved Babylon up in my personal rankings because I rewatched just the ending and, you know, the power of cinema, you know, just the power of cinema. Um, but I just wanted to start the episode off with like, what movie did everybody kick off? 2023 with if you've had time to watch a movie since we're only recording on the second day but ricky was it babylon no so i haven't watched any movies yet i actually got caught up watching fleshman in trouble which or is in trouble um the show with seth cohen but um thank you for saying that is the yes it's funny enough his funny enough his name in the show is also seth so it's just easy to tie back but um highly recommend it binge watch all eight episodes in two days so i haven't really gotten to watch anything else i think later this evening i'm gonna rewatch women talking though so that would be a great first movie of the year i thought so too nicole have you watched anything this year actually okay so i haven't watched anything yet this year we were gonna watch matilda last night but then we made fudge instead um but i will say two things i want to highlight that i've watched in like the very last days of 2022 are two documentaries that I really enjoyed. Uh, one is Senior, which is on Netflix, and it's the Robert Downey Jr., Robert Downey Sr. documentary, which I think is both a really interesting look at like father-son relationships and artists and mortality, but also the way that they did the documentary, it very much gives you an insight into the actual making of it, which I think is really fascinating. They're very transparent about the fact that they didn't really know what they were making as they were making it, which I really enjoyed. And then I also watched Sydney, which is on Apple TV Plus, which is about Sydney Poitier, who is one of my favorite actors, one of my mom's favorite actors. And it's a really great documentary because it really shows you the influence that he had on a lot of other people in the industry, but also his 
um, you know, participation in the civil rights movement, which I feel like some people may not be as aware of. And I definitely recommend both of those. Neither of them are super long. Um, so I definitely think they're good ones to check out if you're looking to catch us on, on some docs that are probably not going to be like Oscar nominated, but are still really good. Um, also check out uh, Jillian's review of Senior on OscarCentral.com. And even so though good. Nicole did not watch Matilda, check out Lex's review of Matilda <laughs> the Musical on OscarCentral.com. And then it doesn't exactly pair with Sydney because he is not in the documentary. But Is That Black Enough for You on Netflix is kind of like a good complimentary piece to Sydney, I would say. Um, and he he's featured in it. He's just not in it obviously um lex have you watched anything since the year started yeah um i did watch so i watched two movies yesterday because i had a very very hectic week between christmas and new year's um i went to new york city with my family and it was a really good trip but it wore me out um and so yesterday i didn't really do anything um i watched two movies though one of them was Matilda, which was um, which worked its way into my top 10 um, favorite films of 2022. Um, I am incredibly biased, though, because that is one of my favorite musicals of all time. And um, I thought it was such a well done adaptation of the musical and also just was a generally good movie musical. The way it was directed, it was very theatrical, but not too much so I mean it just, it's so good it it gives off the vibe of a comfort movie and I feel like it's going to become a new comfort movie for me so I definitely rewatched that but I could not start the new year without uh watching my all-time favorite film um not actually my all-time favorite film but the one I'm most notoriously known for and that was Twilight New Moon um I just thought that was the energy that I wanted to bring in to uh 2023 so I love that. I unfortunately what? Well, my first movie of the year was St. Omer. I watched it by myself and that movie is so great. If you have a chance to watch it, please watch it. But I don't think it's coming to theaters until like next month or later this month. Um, But then I watched Top Gun Maverick for a second time because my husband wanted to watch it. And um, I think I'm lower on it. Then the first time I watched it, I I understand the cinematography play a bit more now, at least, but um, not not a good movie to me. I'm very sorry. Uh, just interesting that it's in. Why are we putting him in actor? Why why are we pretending that's a thing? So my thing, I, I will say, I will say, we should put it in best hair and makeup because his um whatever is on his head and yeah. um his spray tan are excellent i rewatched it a few weeks ago and when i did uh my wife was completely disinterested the entire time she just could not care less about top gun maverick like just was like that was okay whatever let's move on with our lives but i watched it back and like don't get me wrong i love top gun maverick i do i'm a big top gun maverick guy but tom cruise like no like <laughs> Like there's, it's a non-starter. There's like 20 other performers. Like I love Tom Cruise. In yeah. it. I'm a big Tom Cruise guy, but it's like a blockbuster performance. Like that's really it. You know what I mean? I feel like there's at least three or four other people in that movie alone. I would rather see nominated for their acting um, who Miles are giving Teller. like 
I mean, Miles Taylor, honestly, like Glenn Powell, Lewis Pullman, anybody who's giving like yeah. a performance and not just playing the like go-to role that they always play. Like, I'm sorry, but Tom Cruise is playing Tom Cruise and it works for him, but that doesn't mean we should give him an Oscar nomination. Like that's my thing is it's fine that he's just Tom Cruise. Like he has the charisma. I get it. But it's like, not to quote Don Draper because he is in Top Gun Maverick, but like, that's what the money's for. Like, it's a it's a participation trophy if he gets a nomination. I am so sorry. Like, it's just like Nicole is saying, there are not only people from Top Gun Maverick that are better in the movie than him, but how many people give better leading actor performances than him? And I'm sorry, they're smaller movies. And we can kind of like segue into that, I guess. I wanted to like run through Best Picture, but we can honestly just talk about the correlation i guess between like this last fifth spot and actor and best picture like i don't want to speak for everyone but like i mean because i know ricky's a little lower on after sun but like paul mescal even if you don't like that movie he is infinitely better than tom cruise and top gun maverick i agree well and like i also don't my thing with it is like tom cruise is pretty much giving the same performance he gave in the first top gun right and so we didn't give him an Oscar nomination for that. So like, why, why now? It's the just saved it, theaters. Right. It's, Sorry. it's okay. But, okay. But sure. that's what the money is for. And that's what the money's for. And it's just, it's a nostalgia factor and there's nothing wrong with nostalgia, but that's not, that does not equate to Oscar worthiness. If it does, then I feel like we've got to start talking about a lot of movies that aren't in the Oscar conversation. Exactly. And it's like, I, I, I have put my personal feelings aside for it to get into Best Picture. Like, I get it. But actor? Lead actor? I feel like, like that's... That, like, he gets nominated for Best Picture, right? Right? I'm pretty sure he has a PGA for it. But, like, it's just, like... So that's that's to be his loan. You know, what are like, at what point are we stopping? Because are you telling yeah. me next year he's... Or this year he's going to be in for, for the longest movie title of all time with Mission... <laughs> impossible dead reckoning part one like are we putting him in the conversation for that also because it's going to be the same performance like i get it he has charisma he is a movie star but like that doesn't equal acting nomination and i get it like we are like oh it can't be five five first time nominees and lead actor but like are we like, I just don't understand what we're doing here. Because if we're putting in a lead actor from a sequel, can we put Daniel Craig in? Like, I don't, I'm not high on Glass Onion as everyone else, but like, you're telling me that Daniel Craig isn't as good as Tom Cruise in Top Gun Maverick? Sam yeah. Worthington is right there. There's, it, Sam like, Worthington yeah. is worthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the best I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm here for all I honestly, Sam Worthington, too, I think would be a better nominee because he showed improvement between the original movie and the sequel. Whereas, like, Tom Cruise. Are you guys talking about Avatar 2, the movie that bombed? Are you talking about that one? Yes. um, This uh, YouTuber that does like midnight um, broadcasts from the YouTube studios, um, not his home in Burbank, um, he said this movie didn't have legs. And, um, well, the Christmas corridor proved him wrong. Um, no, I just Avatar 
the performance of an avatar should be talked about if we're especially if we're throwing in Tom Cruise like I I don't understand and it's like Nicole is saying his performance in the sequel for Avatar is such an improvement and it's honestly part of the reason the movie works so well is because you connect with his performance it really like we all make jokes about James Cameron's scripts but like those performances specifically Sam Worthington's really elevate the themes of fatherhood and like what it means to be a family like if his performance was bad the movie wouldn't work and I just feel like if we're going the route of let's put a lead actor in from a best picture contender like it doesn't have to be Tom Cruise like there's no reason is there anybody you guys would think would be a better pick than Tom Cruise like specifically yes um anyone no like anyone anyone sam worthington daniel craig um honestly i think there's a lot of people that would i would love to see get that nomination other than tom cruise i mean people like diego calva people like paul mescal people like um jeremy pope like i feel like there's so many actors that this could really make a difference in their career for them if they were to get the nomination whereas like tom cruise not only like he's the best picture nomination is for him but also he doesn't need this in his career and that's one of my other things is that like this will not change the trajectory of his life at all do you know go ahead no you can go ahead i was just going to talk more shit about tom cruise and we don't need that i was i was going to say if we're talking solely who's more worthy than tom cruise and this this is going to come as a bit of a shock coming from me i would put gabriel labelle over tom cruise oh i would too (laughs) i did not like i hated the fablemans but i mean he's at least doing something other than being himself we assume and like his performance stands (laughs) out and his performance yeah his performance was one of the better parts of the movie for me yeah he's great in that movie like and that's a best picture contender. Let's just swap yeah. them. Easy peasy. And like, I don't know. I just, I just have gotten over Austin Butler being like the token young nominee in this category where I originally thought he was because he is such a front runner. Regardless how you feel about Elvis, like he is a front runner. Like, I'm very sorry. Like, Actually, also, now that I think about it, if they really need a previous nominee in this category, they could nominate Timothy Chalamet for Bones at All. Done. Boom. Solved that, it. <laughs> okay, that really does solve everything. It really does. That solves everything. Can you imagine, though, just like for a minute, if the five was Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Bill Nye, Paul Muskell, and Timothy Chalamet? Has there ever been a hotter one and like, then like let's just shove in diego calva and jeremy pope like let's and then if anyone ever asked my whole pass again i'd just be like this set of <laughs> this lineup right here <laughs> look um, at the 2023 best actor lineup that is my whole pass, that like, is my whole pass. <laughs> it would be too good but you know we're gonna get tom cruise um I just, I don't know. I just feel like there's no reason he's... You know what? I will give Tom Cruise this. I would rather see him nominated than Hugh Jackman. Bye. That is I, true. Like, for I, the sun, I, specifically. I, I don't know. I, I, 
I don't give a shit. Tom Cruise nominated every I, Jackman personally, any day, which is sad because I I think Hugh Jackman's probably a better person than Tom Cruise. Yep, but I still would rather say it happen. But I'd I'm rather gonna... just because I want the sun to get nothing. So do I. I just want, honestly, I, it needs to I, happen. I'm really sorry that like I cut Adriano deep while he's not here to defend himself, like talking about people that don't like Elvis and now the sun. I would rather Hugh Jackman get in than Tom Cruise. I I met I, with silence. Okay, but I here's just, the thing. We're already gonna have Academy Award like nominated Top Gun Maverick. We don't need to have Academy, Academy Award, Award nominated, nominated the Sun. Sun. Yeah. I we guess, need that movie to fade into obscurity. <laughs> but is that gonna get us like the criterion later down the road that they're like Oh god. They're sad we did this. No, I just think we should do Paul Mescal and call it a day. I say we do Daniel Cacho and call it a day. Well, they should because that would like he has his like Alejandro Gonzalez and Yuritu has his like track record with his actors getting in. So that is the easiest path, honestly. I do think if Babylon, my beloved, had made money that um Diego Calva could be in contention and i also think if colin farrell was not winning the globe that diego calvo would be winning the globe for comedy musical lead actor and then i think that would really help like put him up higher but because the movie made no money and because he's not going to win the globe i just don't see anything happening with diego calvo unfortunately for an oscar nomination and i'm also like is babylon still getting into picture like are we are you thinking I think it ultimately will i i mean i don't think it has any shot in hell of winning but i mean i don't know i it's think it's your 10 yeah <laughs> i moved it to nine i moved top gun maverick up because despite my personal feelings about it i i know it's here's it's there here's my thing with babylon and I feel like this is one of those takes that, like, if the wrong person on the internet hears it, I'm gonna... Eh. But, like, <laughs> Babylon, to me, is on the same plane, if not a little bit better, than La La Land. And it's, like, a very similar movie in a lot of ways. So I just think that if La La... I mean, I don't know. I guess, like... I was about to say that I feel like if La La Land can get in, then so could Babylon. But at the same time, that could also hurt its chances of where, like, we've already, we already did that. You know what I mean? So I feel like it, I, I'm still holding on that it's going to get a nomination. I, I definitely don't think it's winning. Um, I have it at nine, too. I do. My worry with it is normally when there's a movie about Hollywood, I'm like, automatically it's in because the Academy loves movies about Hollywood. But this movie is so rightfully critical of Hollywood uh, that I am curious if that will turn some of the like older Academy members off. But they might be brought back in by how like many references there are to early cinema in it. So I kind of feel like also sometimes the things that get in are the things that have that are just like the most. And I think this is a very good example of that. And I kind of could see it. And this is going to sound like a weird comparison, but Nightmare Alley last year being this 
big movie with a lot of big names, with a lot of flashiness, directed by someone that they like, got in with like no box office and nobody thinking it could do it. And I feel like Babylon could do it too. But it definitely is, I agree with Lex, like it's not in the running to win, it's in the running to get a nomination. It's so sad. It's the opposite of how I started. I think it was like my yep. number two for like Same. five months. <laughs> like, Same. I just, but right now, I think I feel pretty good about this, but I think the top three are Banshees of Inishir and Everything Everywhere All at Once in the Fablemans for Best yeah. Picture. And looking at our, mm, I have women talking above. Um, Fablements, though that might just be a like what I want versus yeah. what will happen. But I don't know. It's interesting because like looking at our full board, it's those are the top three that everybody seems to have. It's just it's interesting how different the uh like the number ones are. Like yeah. we've got a good mix of people saying everything everywhere ones, a good mix of people saying banshees. Um, I think those are the main top two, but I I think those are definitely top three. I think the top two are going to be Banshees versus Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'm just glad that um, for most of us, the Fablemans has fallen to number <laughs> three. Yeah. Or number four, I think, for some people. I have number a controversial five. number four. Um, oh. And I see someone okay. copied my number four. Um, I put Elvis at number four. Yeah. I... It's Okay, and I know Nicole is the queen of costume design and wants to talk about it. I think it's winning there. I think yeah. it's winning lead actor, and I think it could win makeup. I and what if it also... wins sound or editing? Yeah. Like one or the two? I think it's going to have a high That's nomination count across the board. Yep. I'm flirting with the idea of Baz getting nominated for director. And I also think that we have heard overwhelmingly that people in Hollywood like this movie. Like, I think it's sort of the epitome of what I was just talking about too, with like a sort of flashier movie that has some big names attached with a director that is liked, not even necessarily for like his films, but everybody just likes Bob Lerman. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really, I mean, I see your point. I think at the very least like I don't know if I really believe it has a path to win but I think it's definitely going to be like one of the runner-ups like because I don't think it's going to win it's like you Mm -hmm. said I just see it like the people there are going to be people that rank it very low which is Mm -hmm. its problem with winning but I think there's going to be so many people that rank it very high and my other thing is not that we're supposed to go off of this but like this is a movie, if you ask any older person that you're friends with, related to, work with, um, they will mention it in their favorite movies of last year. And I think that is very important because, like, if you ask people to make a list of three movies and every single person says Elvis, like, that also consider. It's a movie that everyone saw. And I think that with the Academy, like, that always makes a difference, especially if... You know, whenever you have this lineup of 10 and there's going to be some that people just don't watch. Like, I wish that wasn't the way that it was, but we know what the Academy members are like. And I think Elvis is one that they'll all have seen. And I think that that honestly could elevate it to like the mid-level on a lot of lists if you have things 
that are also nominated that maybe not everyone got to or things like honestly I think that Babylon is gonna be if it's nominated is gonna be more polarizing I think honestly everything everywhere all at once is gonna be polarizing on a lot of lists like I really do think that Elvis is is up there in the top tier i may move it up too actually now that like i'm talking this through but when, when you know you, someone let kevin jacobson know it. for his podcast <laughs> really when you like walk through it it makes sense like even if you are not a fan of the movie it's like the same way i am with top gun maverick like i'm not a fan of it and if i had a preferential ballot i would put it low but i am not everyone like my husband watched it made it his number two of like his eight movies he's seen in the last year so like i, I, I literally just... just flipped tar and elvis in my predictions um because i i realized that i think elvis is like well because this? Tar more populist is like, than tar yeah tar <laughs> is not as like unaccessible as some people describe i think like the trailer was really unaccessible but like yes. i don't think the movie itself is but the thing with tar is i feel like because it doesn't spell out what it's about like per se like what its stance on its subject matter is yeah that some people particularly older people will not like that and they'll just like admire it versus love it tar and elvis are both calling out sort of the entertainment industry on the whole in different ways but the way that elvis is calling out is a lot easier to swallow because most people in the academy are going to be like, well, yeah, obviously, like, these very bad things happen to people in our industry, but it's very easy to be like, but that doesn't apply to me. Um, whereas I think in Tar, much like with Babylon, it's a little bit harder for people to watch it and be like, oh, it's critiquing the industry, but, like, it doesn't apply to me. Because I think that it, it hits a little bit closer to things that more people in the industry go through or witness whereas you know i think elvis obviously is hitting on the way that you know people in the industry get mistreated but it's very much more a and then you know this one person mistreats them or you know their manager or their family or whatever um so i don't think it's gonna have that problem that i could see both tar and babylon having when i think it also plays kind of going off that point it also plays like everything we've been talking about with a lot of the other frontrunners, right? Like it does make the commentary on the entertainment business, like Nicole was just saying. It also is kind of looking at the entertainment business with this loving eye that is appealing, I think, to a lot of um, Academy voters of like, it's what we think, right? Of when we think Hollywood, we think the big flashiness and the fame and the and the fans and the, and it also going off of what we were just saying with Top Gun Maverick, like it, there's also the level of nostalgia, right? Like my grandma was actually just telling me last week that she the only movie she saw in theaters this year was Elvis, and she's like, it's not even that I was a huge Elvis fan growing up. In fact, she wasn't allowed to listen to Elvis growing up. She's like, but uh, it's more that like, it, yeah, she very came from a very like religious family and the, um, those hips, those, those hips. hips, she wasn't allowed. <laughs> like, she did tell me uh, that scene where when he starts like shaking his hips and all the girls are kind of like, what is this? And then they just start screaming. She's like, that is completely accurate to like what's so funny because like our, gener- 
our generation watching that, you're like, what is the big deal here? But my mom yeah. said the same thing. She was like, that was like, like it was game. Like it that was, was scandal. That was like the first Honestly, like introduction truly, to like it, sex. It feels like watching whenever you're like on my TikTok, I always get the videos of the Harry Style concerts. And like when he would like spit at the crowd and everyone would just like <laughs> scream. Like that's the yeah. vibe I get. So like I understand. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like this thing where I think it also it also plays the nostalgia factor, right? And so I do think that Elvis, um, more so than a lot of Boz's other films, and, and that's the other thing is like I think when you look at Boz's history with the Oscars, you know, there are some movies that I think deserve to get nominated for Best Picture of his, namely The Great Gatsby, that didn't. But um I think kind of where he's striking the perfect balance here is he's checking all these boxes of we got the commentary like you know great gatsby obviously makes commentary or social commentary but it's so nuanced and it's a bit outdated because it's the same of what was written with that original novel but like he's checking off the he's got nostalgia factor he's got star power he's got flashiness he's got spectacle he's got a not like brand newcomer but a newcomer to this kind of level of movie i mean he it's all just kind of working in his favor and i do think that elvis is ultimately going to be a film that gets a ton of nominations but i do think that you know it doesn't necessarily have a shot at winning best picture yeah, I, and I know Nicole wanted to talk about Miss Catherine Martin, but it, my thing is, so Catherine Martin will get a Best Picture nomination if this film gets into Best Picture, which I'm 95% positive it's happening. And she will also get a nomination, obviously, for costume design and production design if it gets into those places. But I personally think it's winning costume design, and I am higher on Babylon than Miss Nicole. But I walked out of Babylon and I was like, Elvis is winning costume design. Okay, even my 19-year-old sister came out of Babylon and one of the first things she said was, what the hell was that blue dress? And not in a good way. Like, I think that we all thought Babylon was going to be our big flashy costume movie, but I really do think it's Elvis because I think that Elvis also has the thing of they're going to put together, you know, you know featurettes and stuff that show the way in which they recreated Elvis's looks and his costumes and it has the period aspect whereas you know Babylon's a period piece but it's also like not and I think that that sort of pushes Elvis ahead as well and I also think that there is an opportunity for them to make a point about how they had to have these costumes be very functional because like Austin's really moving around in these outfits and they had to make them, you know, able to be danced in and, and be able to highlight his movement. And I think that if, you know, they get Catherine Martin out there, like on the Oscar trail at all, then she's got it in the bag because I really don't think there's many other contenders that are really gunning for a win in that category um because you know you have things like I obviously would love to see Mrs. Harris goes to Paris get nominated I think it stands a pretty good shot at getting nominated but I don't think you know I I think that could be like a lone nomination so I don't see that being like truly competitive um I think if anything 
really the most competitive thing for Elvis in costumes is probably like Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, because, you know, but but I think they also might say like, okay, we've, we've been there and we've done that. So I think Elvis stands a really good shot there. And I think, again, like it all comes back to two kins, like you were saying, once you start to think about what Elvis could win, it starts to make a lot more sense to think that like, it's definitely in picture and it's probably in the higher side of it. Yeah. And I think like another thing for the costume designs in Elvis is, Austin Butler, who is at every possible awards campaign stop known to man, um, he keeps bringing up in multiple interviews that, like, when he walks out on the set of performances, he watched that everyone in the audience is dressed exactly like the footage that he watched. I think that, like, if anyone hears that, you're going to be like, how could you not consider that for costume design? Because it's not so much just, like, replicating, it's, like, transporting an audience. And to, like, do that clearly elevated his performance because he really thought he was in the moment. And I think, like, her winning in costume design is directly tied, kind of, to, like, him being in the front runner position for actor. And I just think, like, that movie is met with such enthusiasm that I have a hard time saying it's, like, in my bottom five like it has to be in my top five even if it is like divisive it is not divisive the way that like Babylon is which is so funny because they're like two of my favorite movies of the year but um Ricky you have one of my favorite movies of the year is your number one infature women talking do you still think it has a shot at winning um so I did a hard I did a hard update this morning just based on me coming to the realization that Bardo is probably not going to happen. Um, that really pains me because obviously it's my one of my favorite films of last year. But when I was doing it, I I don't think like so when I was listening to you guys talk about Elvis, I think the thing about Elvis, which is different and maybe not and even women talking, if you take just the theoretical top four there, women talking, the Fablemans, Banshee everything everyone wants and you're talking about Elvis Elvis is the easiest watch of all five of those movies mm-hmm. like it's such an easy watch and and I agree with you guys everything you guys said about Elvis is but it's just so palatable when you look at the top 10 even if you look at everybody's top 10 it's probably one of the easiest watches of all of the films that there is and that's why another reason I think that it is such an awards factor but I'm not no not a hundred percent confident woman talking I the Fableman's, oddly enough, is still the favorite in Vegas, which I've really kind of teeter-totted with some of my predictions based on that, even though they have some weird-ass predictions still in Vegas, <laughs> which is very confusing. Like, Ryan Gosling being, like, plus 2,000 for the Gray Men is very confusing to me. <laughs> but with that said, like, woman talking still in that conversation, I really just don't see everything everywhere all once winning picture. And I know that's crazy to say, but it's just such a divisive film. And, like, I liked Banshees. I know I didn't love it as much as everybody else. I just don't, like, I don't know. I feel like we try to have something to say. Sometimes. What do you have winning original screenplay? Um, Hang on one second. I actually have my list loaded here. Because? Banshees. I have Banshees Okay. Right 
So like my whole thing is that because I am lower on both banshees and everything everywhere. So I feel like when I talk about this, people get really mad at me because they're like, you just don't like these movies. And I'm like, that's literally yeah. not the point. Um, I think that banshees right now could win picture, original screenplay and supporting actress and nothing else. I think it should win cinematography, but I am slowly coming to terms that that's not going to happen, but it should. Um, also, if you watch Banshees on HBO Max because it's now streaming on there, really check your, your color settings on your TV. I turned it on and it looked like a video game and I was like, what is this? Um, it made it look so ugly and I was like, that is not what this movie looks like. Um, but if Martin McDonough pulls off because he's ineligible for WGA, right? I believe. I don't, I don't think he's a member. I could be wrong. There could be something else. I think you're right there. I'm not positive. But so, but I'm, so I'm not, and WGA, I have a really hard time with like the, like who's eligible, who isn't of like determining what's winning screenplay. But I do think he, that Banshees could start picking up screenplay everywhere. But I also think he could start picking up director. And I don't think he's winning director. Like, I don't even have, I don't even know if he's getting nominated. Like, he should, like, he could, but I'm not sure. But I think Banshees could pull off picture over the Fablements and everything everywhere because it's not divisive. Like, it's obviously a weird movie. Like, it's not, not weird, but it's yeah. under two hours, right? It's like an hour 48 or something. It has big names. I think it's getting four Oscar um, acting nominations. Yeah. I think it's going to be like Elvis where it has a ton of nominations. Not as many as Elvis, but I think it's going to have a ton. Mm -hmm. And I think like if you're doing a preferential ballot, like yeah. I think it's going to play well like that. If this was a straight up like you just voted and the thing with the most votes won, I don't think it'd be winning Best Picture. Yeah. But because of preferential ballot, I think it's higher. I strangely else. think on a preferential ballot, it is one of the least controversial movies of this year, yeah, at least 100%. that are in the Oscar running. 100%. And like, my parents loved it. And I feel like, you know, there's always the old trick of using your parents as like a test for the Academy. <laughs> um, because it, it skews older, obviously, like in the Academy. And I, I really do think that it stands a decent chance at picture um because of the fact that it's not as controversial as things like babylon or everything all at, ev bleh, everything everywhere all at once which i can't even say um well and I mean, my my husband can't say banshees of in a sharon he literally called it banshees of ed sheeran so <laughs> i also there. i'd watch i'd watch I... say I'd honestly watch. same um <laughs> i also like haven't ruled out the idea that it could win supporting actor too so who i barry i think barry i'm yeah, starting to say i don't i'm sorry but barry could pull it off my I husband do is very far removed from all this like he doesn't listen to this podcast he does not go on our website i don't know what to tell you um but he was like he normally annoys the shit out of me and i really liked him in this movie and i was like interesting interesting yep. and i think it it helps like, too that he's playing a very different role than he was last seen in on screen because like my parents were like oh my god i can't believe that's the guy from eternals like i don't the know batman I, erasure i will not stand for 
I will not okay, stand but for that's this not Batman like a erasure. Proper, that is not a proper role, Kins. It's coming. <laughs> um, but I, I also just, I am one of those people, and I know this is like controversial at this point. As much as I liked everything everywhere all at once, I just still am skeptical about the Academy at large embracing it anywhere. Um. I don't know. I just am still see, skeptical. See, Nicole makes that point for me, not to interrupt, sorry, but like, no, that to do. me is why I don't have it in director. And that's mm-hmm. why I think, I don't think it's in contention to win picture. I really don't. Like, I just, like, I feel like, and I'm just talking myself into this and listening to you guys talk to talk about Elvis for like 15 minutes. Like, I'm almost tempted to put Elvis above it in my rankings for best picture, just based on how palatable it is versus uh everything yeah. everywhere at once it's one of those okay. you're gonna have to prove it to me like you'll yeah. prove it to me in oscar morning when it gets the nominations and i'll be like i was gonna right, say I'll if it on. really gets nominated across the board then i'll be like okay y'all were right yeah. but it's the kind of movie that like i still haven't even shown it to my parents because i know yeah, I well my dad would not stay asleep for more than like 30 minutes because he would be confused and i know that my mom would just be like that was weird and like my parents are pretty hip when it comes to movies like my mom used to manage a blockbuster so I I, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I know that was your interview like, your mom. In Wait, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to think of anything. Else. I knew your mom was a flight attendant. But you never mentioned manager. Yeah, of this was before she was college the... to be a flight attendant. Um, wow, wow. Sherry's that is an so icon. Cool. And so I like she is because of that. I think that Sherry's taste is often like fairly in line with like the Oscars, but a little bit more. How do I put this? A little bit more film Twitter leaning. Um, Sherry hated Bohemian Rhapsody and she hated Green Book. Um, <laughs> so she's not part yeah. of that part of the Academy. But, you know, like I haven't even tried to show her everything everywhere all at once because I I think it's too weird um, for her to really get into. Whereas even something like Banshees, she was like fully on board. My dad stayed awake the whole time he was watching Banshees. And like that is the highest compliment dad can give to a movie. Um and so that's why I just, I don't Same. know. Same. <laughs> funny as you said that. I no, thought of my dad, no. like, he falls asleep through everything. Okay, so. the highest my dad compliment usually... I can give to a movie yeah. is if my husband will watch it in one sitting versus splitting it yep. into two. Yep. Not because movies are too long, just because, like, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm tapped out. Yep. And because we have a if my dad no phone stays awake during a movie which he typically only does in marvel films and harry potter films um then i know it was a good movie and like top gun maverick got him uh avatar 2 got him like banshees he loved he actually did, they did stay awake throughout all of elvis so there we go it's the dad test like i just i worry about how everything everywhere all at once is going to land with the older academy members and i don't know that I like trust enough in what the makeup of the Academy is right now to think that it can actually pull out wins. But like, I would love I, to be proven wrong, but I don't know. I am just lower on the film than everyone. And I don't think it's a, I don't, as of right now, unless I'm like really proven wrong, I don't think it's winning screenplay because I feel like that's where a lot of the issues with the movie are for me. Like, and I don't think it's winning editing because I think the editing is so great. But I also think that movie drags a bit towards the end. 
Mm-hmm. And like, I know that some people think like flashy editing equals win, but I feel like that's Elvis. Yeah. And like my thing with Elvis is you can say it's too long, but like everyone's thing is they would cut out before Vegas, not specific scenes that they would cut out like a specific storyline, which is a script issue, not an editing issue. And everything with, I hate saying everything with everything everywhere all once, <laughs> but like the issues with that movie is like, there are specific like scenes and like there are plots that like just start repeating itself. And I know like that's the point, but like where it drags is like, it could have been edited out. And I think that like people will use that against it on top of it being like a very flashy editing. And I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't know. It's just not, I, I have it ranked at number one in director, which is like enormous for me. But I just, where is the history of director duos winning that are not the Coen brothers? It doesn't exist. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, that is a huge thing working against it. But I am getting this sickening feeling until I am proven wrong. Like Sarah Polly winning DGA, please. That maybe we're looking at an all male director lineup. And I think that they would get a huge backlash when, if that happens, the nominations come out. And I think that, like, if you look at who would be in contention without Sarah Polly, that the Mm -hmm. Daniels would feel like a consolation prize for, like, we're sorry we did this. Like, these are young, up and coming directors, and maybe they would go that way. But I, it's just like, if we get an all-male director lineup and then they give the director Oscar to Steven Spielberg. Yep. Like, truly, what year is it? What year is it? Like, that's the thing. Like, what year is it? It's like, and I know they don't think in terms like that of when they award something. They're not like, oh, this is how I would do that. Like, but I I just feel like. This is is maybe controversial, but Steven Spielberg directed a better movie last year. So why would they give it to him he this did. year? Like, at least a more impressive the lens movie flares. last year. What are you talking about? The lens yeah. flares, the Good the Lord. final shot. What are you talking about? The, the horizons. Every the thing with everything everywhere all at once too that really has thrown me and has sort of put me back to where I was originally, being like, I don't think this is Academy Fair, is the fact that it missed the shortlist for makeup and hairstyling. Because that is a mm-hmm. place that I thought, if this movie has any sort of strength at all, this is where it will show it. And it didn't I make think, the shortlist. I think the thing with this movie is, and I thought that, I thought this um, kind of just the whole time, like I'm talking with this movie, with award season, now that it's like, in full swing is this movie came out last like pretty early last year like I want to say it was like in March yeah and in the moment like not a lot had come out yet so it was like a the most impressive thing we'd seen at that point of the year and I think the thing is that like now what I worried with that movie was that whether or not like the fact that it was released earlier in the year was going to have some sort of effect on it. And I think that it is. I think that's the thing though, is like, I agree with Nicole that the fact that the, it's not even on the shortlist for makeup and hairstylings. Well, 
we've got Elvis since then. We've got Wakanda Forever since then. Like the, the these movies that have come out here in the last quarter of the year have just kind of I think pushed it further and further and further back. And I think the fact that we've had so much since then and heavy hitters in um a lot of categories like honestly i would say in a lot of ways anything that you could argue for everything everywhere all at once in terms of technicality you could also argue for elvis right like the the costume and hairstyling the production design i do think elvis is a more impressively edited film in the sense that like kenzie was saying once you get kind of to vegas it just moves at this like it's a three-hour film but it doesn't feel like it because the pacing of that movie is just insane and everything everywhere all at once is a bit less well-paced and i think it's more of an issue of with elvis it's story-based and with everything everywhere it's editing based so i think just the fact that yeah in the moment in early 2022 this was a very impressive film and i'm not saying it's not impressive anymore but it's just we've seen more to compare it to and i think that's hurting its chances yeah i agree completely and i think another thing with the editing is that like elvis's editing matches Baz Luhrmann's like like momentum and his directing style Whereas I feel like there are times in Everything Everywhere that it's, like, not the same exact, like, mashup. But, I mean, it would be a really worthy editing winner. I just, like, don't think it's happening because of Elvis being, like, this flashy editing play. I the editing also... in Elvis is just so good. There it's is a so scene good. with 5,000 split screens. Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Like, that, that, that's winning. Like... <laughs> I also just question because, you know, let's make a good point about when Everything Everywhere All at Once came out, which was before the last Oscars. Am I right? Like it came out pre-Oscars happening. And I wonder how many people who are voting are going to rewatch it. And I feel like there's things in it that like maybe if I watched it again, I would be more impressed with the editing or with the costumes or something. But it's been so long since I've seen it that. I feel like it. it's not maybe seems less impressive to me than it even is. And I feel like that could be the case for other people. And, you know, there is that recency bias of like, there's a reason that studios hold films to come out closer to the Oscars happening. And like living, living, getting mm-hmm. in for actor and like, we're all considering it an adapted screenplay. It yeah. is because Sony Classics knew to hold it exactly. and release it this late. Like exactly. they knew what they were doing, and obviously, like I think everywhere, mm-hmm. everything, everywhere, all at once is going to get some nominations because it did unprecedented box office for what it is. But mm-hmm. I also, I don't know. You know, I know people are like, "Oh, well, Coda won last year," and you know, it shows that we're sort of shifting what we think of as a winner. But I think that you can't really compare everything all everywhere all at once to Coda. Like, yes, they're both sort of have this feel good family aspect to them, but like. Coda, a movie that I love, is a very simplistic film in many ways. It's very accessible, very easy to get. You know, everybody's parents love it. Kind of, it's almost more like the Fablemans this year, but like the Fablemans just has Spielberg attached to it. Except Coda's good. Yeah, well, yeah, there's also that. But in terms of like, it's a family drama. And 
I don't know. It's just so hard. And I would, like I said, I would love to be proven wrong about everything everywhere all at once and for it to be the kind of thing that the Academy is ready to embrace. But I just don't know, especially in a year where they're already going to be making sort of exceptions, I think, to their normal, what they would go for. And I think they're going to make it for Top Gun Maverick and for Avatar The Way of Water and for these sequels. And I think because of that, they they might want to overcompensate by having the other things be very typical Oscar-y movies like Banshees of Inisherin, like Tar. Um so I don't know. I, I just am truly struggling to see the path. I just also think that, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. Oh, um, with Coda, I think like every other year, the best picture winner is very different. Like the pendulum swings back a different way. Like for every like moonlight, you get a green book, you know, like we see like, big important movies with something to say versus like easy to digest movies um so I just but it's like everything everywhere isn't easy to digest it's just like I don't know I feel like we're getting something more traditional because Coda was like less traditional um it was like an easy film to watch it was well liked by normal people outside of the Oscar pundits and people that are interested in that whereas like if you show like banshees of Inisherin to someone you know they're gonna like it whereas like I feel like there is a shot if you show everything everywhere to some people they might not like it because they might just be put off by some of the weirdness and focus on that versus like what the movie's actually trying to say um but I am excited to see what happens at SAG with Ensemble because I think like all of us have just been like women talking, that's it. And I think that we are kind of seeing that movie is underperforming so far. Um, So I'll be interested to see if Everything Everywhere wins there or honestly, like what if Banshees wins? Because Banshees has four acting nominations in play. I think don't remember her name but the actress that plays the little like witch like person like come on she's hilarious she's so good in that movie like so good in that movie even the guy that's like the cop is good but um or like honestly like if we're talking about sequels like a movie with a great ensemble is Black Panther Wakanda Forever and the first Black Panther one ensemble like say what you want but that movie made a ton of money it's going to be well-respected in the craft categories and it's probably getting into stunt ensemble at SAG. So I feel like I would watch out for that. Especially like none of us know where that, if the SAG is going to figure out a broadcast this late, because as of right now, it's not going to be anywhere, but I would not rule out them wanting to capitalize on Black Panther Wakanda Forever's cast. But I do want to end our discussion with um what movies do we think are like almost getting into picture but they're not in our lineup like our 10 but we think they could like sneak in like i have she said guillermo del toro's pinocchio all quiet on the western front triangle of sadness and rrr like all right on the outside um i'm gonna follow that because i also have she said and del toro's pinocchio i have glass onion sitting um also just outside because i keep 
playing around with if, if I think it's getting in or not. I also have All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, I I also sort of following up that have like The Whale and Bardo. Uh, those I feel like are are the main ones that I'm really playing around with. And some of these two, I just feel like I need to see sort of what happens as we get right up to nominations and like what studios do to push them. Yeah, like I live in LA and I saw after All Quiet performed really well in the shortlist, they mm-hmm. put up two billboards for All Quiet that were not there before. And I yeah. was like, so they know they need to spend some money on this. Like yeah, they've ramped up the screenings out there for it too. Yeah. yeah. So like I think there's like more of a push for that. My only thing with Glass Onion is I just I don't, I'm still not ready to do it just because the first one didn't get in. Like, and I know it's completely separate, but I just like, that movie was a box office success. They gave it an original screenplay nomination. Mm-hmm. I just am having a really hard time with Glass Onion, unless it gets like PGA and like SAG Ensemble. And like, it starts like rolling in with all these like big, like precursor nominations, then maybe I'll be like interested in it. But I just, not interested, but like, predicting it (laughs) I have it at like 17 right now I just like am having a really hard time with that the reason that I have it sort of above other things potentially still getting into picture is because I don't have her in my five right now but I still think Janelle Monae stands a decent chance at supporting actress and I think like if they do that then maybe they'll just go for the film as a whole um I, I just, it's one of those things, though, where I feel like outside of my, like, top 15, once I get past that, I'm like, is there anything left? Like, who knows at that point? I think outside of 15, it's just, like, movies that I'm like, well, they're getting at least one other nomination, exactly. so they're on my yeah. list. Like, I don't, yeah. because, exactly. like, for me, The Whale, White Noise, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. Till and Bardo Yep. And like decision to leave in Best Picture, I'm like, I don't think it's happening. Like, I, I just do not see it happening. And it's like, I j- I don't know. Like, I have them in my like 25, but I'm like, oh, you know. Um, Lex, is there anything we didn't mention that you think is like still in the conversation for Best Picture nomination, not a win? No, um, the only, like, the one that I have right now as 11, let me make sure that's right, because, oh, gosh, no, I did that wrong. Um, The thing with our <laughs> spreadsheet is, no, I did do that right. Okay, the thing with our spreadsheet that throws me off is the cell number and the ranking number are oh, not always the I, same. It's literally, like, row one. <laughs> is our name and then I'm like but wait why do I have this at number two (laughs) right but if you like if you scroll down to where I am um I that doesn't apply to me so I forgot (laughs) how to read for a second um so I was about to be really embarrassed by what I was about to say but this is true yes my 11 is glass onion because I agree I do think Honestly, I think it deserves to be in the lineup a bit more than some of the movies that I feel more confident are going to be in the lineup. But it's what you said, Kenzie. I do think the first one was a a little better just for me. Um, I really did like Glass Onion a lot, but it didn't quite hit the level of the first one for me. I think 
what kind of hurts it honestly more so than it being a sequel is the fact that we have a lot of movies like we've i mean we've mentioned this before on this podcast we have a lot of movies in the running this year that kind of make um commentary on on the wealthy and uh, entertainment and um and I feel like this one is just so on the nose in that regard. And it spoon feeds that commentary so much that when we already have other films that are a bit more nuanced in that conversation, this is probably going to knock it down. But it is super entertaining and super well done. So it's my number 11 in the sense that I think it's a little bit of a wild card um, where I think, honestly, if you took Top Gun Maverick out of it, then it could get a nomination. But I don't think... I think Top Gun Maverick is at a minimum getting a nomination. Um, that is right there where I have our, that and she said are my two that are right on the edge. Again, it's, it's not right. I'm not saying that it's right, but I do think the fact that women talking, I think has a stronger chance of getting a best picture actually is hurting. She said, um, again, it's not right, but it's that thing of, i I feel like the Academy is not going to make room for two movies about that particular subject matter. Um, so those are the two that I have kind of like on the cusp. I also think Till might be a little bit of a wild card. I think the fact that it did so poorly at the box office did not do it any favors. And I feel like it's been shut out of a lot of the conversation. Um, for other uh, awards so far. And then at after that it kind of just and, and then also after that I have um all quiet on the western front but then after that my 15 through 20 could honestly be um interchangeable in the rankings of those fives I have Pinocchio pretty low down there I've got uh, just because I don't think it's going to pull it off I think it's only getting feature um white noise I still haven't seen but I just it was one of those that I felt kind of I it's not I don't think it's going to happen and it was one of those where at the beginning of the year I was pretty sure that like it might and then just once everything came through it just ruined my whole plans um but yeah it's kind of what we were just saying is that like glass onions the only one that i feel really strongly might be able to break through but the others i i think the top 10 are pretty much locked in Ricky, do you feel the same way about your 10 or do you have some that are like could so see again I feel confident about my top seven, eight, nine, and ten. I I did a seismic shift this morning with a lot of all quiet on the Western Front. Um, that's really I took out the Woman King, which really broke my heart, and put all quiet on the Western Front in there. I think Avatar is just in just be and actually I maybe even feel good about my top eight if you throw Avatar at eight. I just for for some reason feel like that's going to be in there just because it's James Cameron. It's making a trillion billion dollars, and then. You know, I, below that, like I said, I've got Woman King, Bardo, Pinocchio. I, I think the Pinocchio thing, I don't know if maybe that peaked too early or the fact that Pussy I, is so damn good. Like, I think I, it peaked too early. I yeah. think that, like, if the conversation about it getting into picture was happening right now, like, I think that would really help it. But I think it being a month and a half ago, two months ago, yeah. it's like, I think it's getting overshadowed by like glass onion now, right? In my opinion, like with that spot, because I feel like it's it's I don't know. But did Netflix release their um numbers for glass onion or just that it was like number one? I think it was just number I don't I don't remember if they released their numbers before or not. 
Like, I just think that, like, more people watched Glass Onion versus Pinocchio, which, like, For obviously sure. doesn't mean anything, but it's, like, no. it does mean it's more well seen. And I do think that, like, people might just settle, like Lex was saying, on getting it into animated feature and not in picture. And, like, I do think it still has, like, a strong chance of popping up other places, but, like, it wasn't on the shortlist for visual effects and I think, like, that hurts it a little bit because then it's, like, they're not recognizing it in all the places it could be recognized. And I yeah. that I feel like it needed that to be in the best picture conversation, unfortunately. Like, I don't think the shortlist should be used as tea leaves for absolutely everything. But I no. do think with an animated feature, like, this would be, like, the fifth one, right? I think like, so, yeah. I feel like we need that. It needs everything it can get to get into picture, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. But I just, I don't know. I, I'm i curious, like, I think the RRR IMAX screening they're doing here is during Oscar voting, I feel like, because I feel like it's on the 9th. Oh, no, week, so it, it's a week, it's like a few days before Oscar voting starts. But it's with, like, a lot of people from that worked on the film, including the director. So I feel like maybe that'll help its momentum. Because right now I have RRR 15, I just like RR also missed some shortlist listings. And I feel like since it's not eligible for international feature, it also is in the same boat (laughs) as Pinocchio where it kind of needed like the extra momentum. I'm just curious, like what we see because the Oscar voting starts on the 12th. So I'm curious as to what we see over the next like few days. But do you know what is the same day as Oscar voting starting? I think. It could be a day off. What's um, that? Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Actually, I'm like four days off. <laughs> Elvis is having a huge birthday thing with Boz yeah. Lerman and yeah. Austin Butler. And they sent invites to like absolutely everyone in LA. So I'm like that man and Boz Lerman will be like embraced by the Presley family. And I think like in a huge setting. And I think, like, that could help get Lerman into director, unfortunately. God, I, mean, I love I, it so much. I love it, but I really do feel like it's going to come at the expense of Sarah Polly, which is, like, just heartbreaking. Um, is there anything anybody wanted to touch on before we peace out for our first 2023 week? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. We're, we're in, the thing about it is, is we're close to nominations, but yet so far away from the ceremony. I just feel like there is so much over the next two weeks, including, unfortunately, the Golden Globes. And it's like, <laughs> I just want to say this again, because I feel like we've all said it before, but it's like, please don't be mean to people not covering the Golden Globes. There is a very valid reason to not cover them. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, don't be rude to anyone covering them because if the major outlets are covering them, all the smaller outlets have to cover them. And it's like very unfortunate. Um, the other thing I guess I will, can... I was just going to add really quickly the other thing that I think is important to remember right now is that we should be celebrating the fact that we have so many categories that we don't really know what's happening in. And there's so it is many so places. Fun where we don't know who's winning and like 
I just remember a couple of years ago when it was like, I feel like by this time, the acting categories, like we already kind of knew what was going to happen. And then like all the precursors just like solidified it. And I much prefer a year where we're, you know, already into 2023 and we don't know who's going to win each award and there could still you know very easily be people who surge ahead and films that sort of get a, a second wind and I think that that's always something to like it can be frustrating when you're trying to make your predictions but remember that like that's so much more fun than having one of those seasons where everything seems like pretty sewn up by the time you know nominations are even coming out like, we just went through this with Renee Zellweger and Judy, where we were like, why is this so boring? She's been winning everything exactly. since you right? Like, it's premiere. And I am living for the fact that there's only one acting category I feel is, like, not locked, but almost a lock with Kehu Kwan and supporting actor. And I also just got to say, I'm not high on a lot of the movies in contention to win the acting categories, but... I like all the actors involved, which never happens. Like, same. If you look at like the 10 I have in almost every acting category, like, I would love to watch any of these actors win an Oscar. Also, there's no films this year. Obviously, there's films that are in contention to be nominated that I don't love, but there's nothing this year that I'm like aggressively against. Like, there has been in some recent years. Like, there is no. Bohemian Rhapsody there is no green book there is nothing that I feel like is besmirching the name of the Academy Awards I'm looking at you licorice pizza um that I feel like we have to you licorice pizza yeah that I feel like we have this year like every film that is in contention to get nominated for best picture is something that I would be happy to watch again and I I'm so happy about that because it doesn't typically happen (laughs) I I agree with you save for one film but blonde one one film blonde okay yeah but blonde is not coming near best picture (laughs) well according to no i mean there's one that is going to get nominated that i will never 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 watch again i don't hate it as much as i hate licorice yeah but there's the thing is i don't love the fablemans but i also don't have any like moral problem with the fablemans so i'm gonna count it as a win It, it tried to. You look at it that way. I'll take it that. I'll take that. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Let's think. There's nothing hearing... that. It's not offensive right. to me. I just don't like it. All <laughs> I'm hearing is that is. Nicole that. wants to watch Babylon again, is all I'm hearing from this conversation. Hey, I've already seen it twice. I'd go for a third round. Like, you know. Um, yeah, I'm going to see it again. I love Babylon. Of course you are. I'm a, def- I'm love- a defender. I, I'm a defender. I literally texted or tweeted this. I was like, it was a Christmas gift from Santa, this revolution <laughs> of Kenzie and Babylon. Because I, I knew when I left, I was like, I'm going to watch it again before I say anything. Even my initial social reaction, which is literally a month ago, was like, I don't know, man. It's a movie. <laughs> like, I, because I did not know. It feels like say. a movie. <laughs> it feels like a movie. Um, but I do think that they should have Harry Styles come out and announce Best Picture like that. Like, this is a movie that feels like a, feels movie. Like a movie. Honestly. Like, take your Michelle Obama presenting Best Picture and put it on pause and have Harry- have the cast of Don't Worry Darling come out. Let's and- be honest, though. That is a perfect idea because that is how to get the views. And also, yeah. Harry is so determined, I feel like, to be seen as an actor. Like, come on. Come to the Academy Awards, Harry. Let's do it. 
That would be Let him really host. good. That he would be a great host. What are we talking Stop. about? Stop. He'd be um, so good. He'd be so good. Um, and him and uh, Tom Cruise could talk about their hair pieces. You know, like on the side. <laughs> Do you know who would actually be an entertaining as hell duo to host the Oscars? Lawrence Harry Pierce, Styles, Olivia Wilde. Okay. Oh, yeah, they had I the also, best chemistry yeah. in the movie. I also immediately was like Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde. Let them duke it out on stage. I mean, that would be fun. Like, that would be, I would watch the fuck out of that. Like, everyone yeah. would. Are you kidding? Yep. No, Nick Kroll and Harry Styles would be so good. They had the it, best chemistry be in the movie. Yeah. They had the best chemistry on the red carpet. They messed up not having I the would... full cast of Don't Worry Darling host the Oscars, though, because, like, let's get Chris Pine and Emma Chan and or Jimmy Chan in there, too. Like, Let's go. Um, Everyone would be glued to the TV. The ratings would skyrocket. It would be like back in the Billy Crystal hosting days. <laughs> It'd be like all the parents' worst nightmares because they wouldn't understand like the context of it. But like everyone our age and on TikTok would be watching to make 30-part yeah. TikTok series on like what is happening. Oh my God. And all the teenagers would be there. Like <laughs> all the teenagers. All of his tours, everyone who went would fight for a ticket to be there in person. They could do like oh a God. raffle. Can you imagine? And the like, I could help the way they would master. have to vet like the seat fillers. They <laughs> oh would be God. like, "Did you go to the Love on tour this year? Oh, you did. I'm sorry, you gotta go. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you know what Harry's house means? <laughs> like, yeah. Do you know what this? When means? I say watermelon sugar, what do you say? Hi. Oh, sorry, you gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Have you oh ever rushed a stage? Um, <laughs> yeah do you know what a pit is okay goodbye <laughs> that would be really good that would be wow they and then there's really... a very small crew of uh nick kroll stance in the line too being like oh hello <laughs> too much tuna i feel I like they should contact us it's not too late jimmy kimmel could just present i don't know jimmy kimmel like it's not gonna affect him at all it's Jimmy not. Kimmel is hosting Jimmy Kimmel Live. He's hosting the cast of Don't Worry Darling at the Oscars. He'll Jimmy introduce Kimmel them. Each. Can host that like the like you know how like the talk shows will do the special after the Oscars. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel can do that. Doesn't he, he can host the red carpet? <laughs> he, yeah. He can host You know who actually did a really good job hosting the red carpet and she cannot do it this year for obvious reasons is Vanessa Hudgens. She was really good last yeah. year. She was really good last year. Let her do it again I, this year. <laughs> we already I live for the problem drama. at the Met Gala and it's on tape and it's very <laughs> awkward. It is very awkward. But I think that's how we end this episode. Is like I think so too. To the Oscars. <laughs> Let Don't Worry Darling's cast host the Oscars. Yep. You know who would be down for it? Olivia Wilde. Let her direct True. the Oscars. Boom. Can she like do a chant at the Oscars and look as proud of herself as she that that clip that's going around from like where she was protesting Trump and listen I'm I'm not an Olivia Wilde hater but that is my favorite video in the world because the way she just goes Donald Trump is not a legitimate president and looks like she just spilled 10,000 degree tea like (laughs) she looks so damn proud of herself by saying it it's it's like a kid that just said their first fancy word. She looks real <laughs> damn proud of herself. And I just want her to go up and be like, the Fablemans wasn't that good. And then just look real proud of herself. If, if she did that, 
film Twitter would never back off of her. This ever. is true. But she I would already won't. They already listen. won't. But like, imagine her hosting. It would be so good. I need for her then, if she hosted though, to present something as her character from Babylon. <laughs> yeah, I was okay. going to say that. That'd be like her hosting as her character in Babylon would be like epic. She introduces best international feature and she's like say one more word in italian it'd be <laughs> amazing it'd be so good say what you want but maybe she won we're all like it's the year of colin farrell maybe it was the year of olivia wilde i don't think anyone's listen the and then harry the styles is presenting best picture and he's like this is all movie <laughs> wait okay and, and taylor swift could reunite as a couple okay I'm here for it she could be it. like, it just made me think. Like, it made me think about metaphors. Do you know what a metaphor is? And then Harry could be like, it's like a movie. That's a movie. And she'd be like, and that's what Best Picture is. And then she'd be like, Martin McDonough, what did the fingers mean? You won Best Picture. <laughs> and then all the Swifties will go on Twitter and be like, did you see she blinked 13 times while uh, presenting that nomination? It's a sign that her next album is coming in 13 minutes. <laughs> she would do that. She would present Best Picture and be like, and I'm here to tell you that my I'm new album. now about Best Picture. <laughs> oh my God, stop. I haven't seen a film this lineup this good since 1990 and 1989. Anyway, here are the nominees. She would totally do that. She would totally do it. Or she'd be oh like, I know this category all too well. And then she would make it. And about... then there would be feral screams from the audience. <laughs> no, no, because they don't want Swifties in the building. The Swifties and the Academy have zero overlap we've learned this we've learned it from her recognition at the oscars imagine the swifties listening to that oh my god i'm gonna have to go private again <laughs> i'm gonna have to go private i defended olivia wilde i roasted taylor swift what else did i do roasted the fablemans that only Listen. one person will, two people will come for me you also said you didn't <laughs> love eeao again as much as everybody else did so. I'm very, very. Oh, and you criticized Tom Cruise, so you you, oh. you filled okay, out your bingo card. I will card. say, I will oh, say, man. movie Twitter's me. coming after her now. Movie yeah, Twitter's coming. I did criticize movie Twitter at the beginning. Um, no, I will. I'll leave on this note. When the Scientology bots came for me, it was better <laughs> and easier to manage than the Swifties coming for me. That actually they are paid. They are paid assassins. The the Scientology members, and I was like, I would rather them than Swifties. No, I'd rather take Scientologists than Swifties, too. I agree. Like, they could make me clean a bathroom with a toothbrush in the dark and then throw me in a hole, but it's nothing compared to the violence that Swifties put on people. But I also know how to speak the Swifty language. I know it, in fact, all too well. <laughs> all you gotta do is post some picture of Taylor Swift. She literally can be tying her shoe. And all you gotta do is be like, she was so unhinged for this. It's the it's the meme of like she's it, so it, it disarms them. <laughs> yeah. It disarms them. Um, this was a great conversation, and I love talking about movies that are movies with y'all. Um, Richard Valero, where can everyone find you on the internet? Richard, um, <laughs> Richard Valero can be found at Richie Valero. <laughs> Imagine you change all your social medias to Richard Valero. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's funny when I sign my name like that for work. It's just so weird. But yes, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ricky Blair underscore. And yeah, thanks for having me on. And if you're listening still, please check out his review of Bardo when you're considering um, your year-end lists and your Oscar predictions. Thanks. Lex, where can everyone find you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at Alexis Willie, W-I-L-L-I underscore. I am making it a New Year's resolution to get a new Twitter handle that actually uses the name Lex because I hate being called Alexis. <laughs> um, and then I'm also on TikTok at at Moonshoes Lexi. And I highly recommend following Lex on TikTok. It's so fun. Eddie Munson. Eddie Munson. <laughs> just really relatable content. Um, I love it. Nicole, where can everyone yeah. find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Nicole Ackman16 and on TikTok at Nicole Brittany16, which is worth it purely for the fact that I occasionally put up content of my dog, Theo. I was just going to say your TikToks that feature Theo are, um, no offense, the best ones. I just They are. Ones. Yeah. <laughs> Theo, Theo, Theo is a star. A star. Um, not to he knows it too and so yeah he de- he def has like girl behavior of not not like killing people but i want to like- see theo behead <laughs> sylvie because she got more likes on instagram than him i don't actually want to see sylvie get beheaded so what you're saying is i should get theo a pitchfork <laughs> i I want Theo and Sylvie to have that really serious conversation like she has with, um, I forget the girl's name, but that girl at the end, when they have that really serious conversation, then she chases her away with an axe. It's so good. We need them to recreate it. I'll find I want Theo now. to do Pearl's audition dance. <laughs> I would love that. Nicole needs to just it. watch the dance. Okay. We just need I need, to I'm going to watch the, the whole movie. I need to watch it. I'll get Theo to watch it with me and then he can do it. That'd be amazing. He just stood up and recreated the whole thing. <laughs> I'll be like, Theo, can you do that now? Some Thanks, son. Off the, the whole, like, the, the fantasy. The fireworks. The backup dancers, the fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, that's the most patriotic movie of the year, not Top Gun Maverick. Like, what are that we doing? true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, truly. You can follow me at Kinsununu on everything, except I am using Letterboxd again, except I made my Letterboxd before I got married, so my handle is at Doyle on Letterboxd. It would be cool if they let you change your handle. Um, Maybe I should have just made a new one. Um, But yeah, and then you can follow Oscar Central on our website, www.oscarcentral.com, as well as all social media platforms at Oscars underscore central. Once again, just a plea, if you have at Oscar Central, you haven't used it in like two years. Just give it, just give it up, give it up. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for amazing content on our website. We have a bunch of FYCs coming, reviews, predictions now that we're really in the thick of it. And then our Oscar board is updated weekly, including the very first day of the year. So thank you for listening and we will see you next time.